G'day, this is Andrew Gaze, and you're listening and watching NBA Australia. Australia, how are you going? How are you going? I hope you're alright. I am. You know, a little bit hungover after uh, celebrating the thousand episodes yesterday. Pretty fun. Good times, great memories. Now it's uh, hotter and windier than your uh, your old man after a spicy curry. Jeez, it is chaos here in Melbourne today. Anyway, this is NBA Australia. It's Friday. Yes, TGIF, am I right? December 8, all day. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website. It's called CodeBet. You can find that at codebet.com.au. Uh, you can see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, CodeBet Daily, Fox Sports Lab NFL. All the good stuff here in Larry Armour Studios, as per usual. Chilling, not illing, giving you the lowdown on all things NBA. And, you know, making sure you cover with all your Australia gear as well. Not taking things too seriously. Leave that for the nerds, don't we? Uh, this is episode 1001. To be honest, after doing episode 1000 yesterday, it was kind of like a little bit of a relief. It's like, all right, we got there. <laughs> Made it, baby. <laughs> anyway, so today it's just the in-season tournament. Talking about the two games, we'll set you up for a big, 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 big weekend. We've got a huge slate tomorrow. So uh, we'll talk about the two games, though, in the NBA Australia game wraps. We've got That's Not a Knife, All Mate, No Mate, Spud of the Night, Better Than Lonzo Ball, got some Yanazi, Unpopular Opinion of the Day, and our back take us. We were serving up a flame grilled take. There's an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. And we'll preview all those games and gear for tomorrow. Sound good? Good. Great. All right, let's get into it. Episode 1001 of NBA Australia. Jeez, that sounds weird. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Especially, uh, or you better watch out for the chuck attack if you're Stephen A. Smith. I enjoyed that. Stephen A., Stephen A., if you come over here with that uh, loud ass talking, this ain't first take. This is going to be the first ass whooping you take. Chuck and Stephen A., Reggie on the ESPN call. I loved the crossover. It's also hilarious because I don't really think most folks kind of give that much of a shit about announcers, but I do. So that was kind of fun. Uh, just a goddamn shame that we don't get the actual streams of the uh, TNT pregame and everything. You know, the most entertaining fucking TV show about basketball there is, but here we are. Great job, everybody in Australia. All right. Uh, let's start today's show the way we start every show. Which, with a daily, is it a whip around? Oh, yeah, man, it's got a whip rack, eh? Sides all bad, it's a bit of a whip around. Uh, you've also got to watch out for the shack attack, I guess, if you're, um, he was ragging on sh- uh, Chuck. They had basically roaming shack, which was kind of fun, but he was holding the camera, so he's like, you know, hitting up Dr. J, all this weird stuff. It was kind of fun. I enjoyed that. Get shack out there amongst it a little bit more. Uh, still, there we go, the in-season tournament, Final, the championship is set. It is your Indiana Pacers. The much beleaguered, if you listen to them, Indiana Pacers. No one likes us, man. No one thought we should be here. You're the best offense in the league. Stop your whinging. You deserve to be there. You can outscore everybody. Bloody hell. Take a chill pill, mate. Uh, Obviously, the Pacers versus the Lakers. So that'd be fun. The Lakers! Uh, Very pretty good. Uh, (laughs) Especially after today's Haas Whooping. Uh, other little bits of news before we get into the wraps. Uh, Jalen Durant, you might have seen him go down on his ankle yesterday. I think I mentioned it very quickly in passing. If I didn't, I forgot, but that's okay. Uh, Jalen Durant goes down with an ankle sprain. Pretty brutal. I mean, the Pistons stink anyway. What's going to happen? They're going to lose more? <laughs> but yeah, they probably will because he's good. Uh and Bobby Portis, after today's loss, apparently you had a bit of a yell in the uh, locker rooms, which is pretty good. I like that this is being reported like Bobby Portis doesn't fucking yell at everybody after every game. Like Bobby Portis passionately talked to his team. It's like, Bobby Portis doesn't do anything that's not passionate. Like, he'll be ordering Starbucks and the fucking barista be like fearing for their life. 
<laughs> He'd be going through the drive-thru and it's like, why is this guy so angry at me? I haven't done anything yet. That's just Bobby Portis. He's fighting Bobby Portis, fighting around the world for a fucking reason. He's a bloke who will punch a fucking teammate as soon in the head as soon as look at him. Nikola Mirotic is out there somewhere just going, yep, understand, yes, very much get that, yes. Very much afraid of big men. Anyway, let's get into the game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. Game raps. All right, before we do, I want to thank everybody for the 1,000 episode uh, props, thanks, salutations, all the good stuff. Uh, love your guts, everybody. It's just fucking cool. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I mean, this thing <clears throat> is literally designed to be, you know, me just to yell about basketball every day. Uh, the fact that other people give a shit is fucking awesome to me, and I love it. Uh, massive thanks to everybody who's ever written in. Uh, you've got, you know, the likes of PDX Pete and Mad Dogs out there, Carson Maddox. Uh, you've got the the crew over here. You've got Dan, you've got Murdy B, Murdy L, McKeegan, Jez, everybody uh, who sort of had a crack has a P. You've got Scotty Baxter. You've got Paulani. You've got so many dudes who have just written in hung out, talk some shit with me. It's been fucking awesome. Uh, and then on the other side, of course, you know, shout out to Josh for uh, doing a great cut up of the uh, gazing interview for the YouTube. Go watch that. It's a good chat. You can watch the standalone by itself or you can watch the entire episode of me doing the 1000 episode yesterday, uh, which I then edited it at the end. So the edit's a bit fucky, but hey, I'm not a video producer. I'm a big fucking loudmouth dipshit more than anything. Right, let's do it. Millie Walker against Indiana. This was a fun game. 119. Millie Walker Bucks. It's not how Gonquin for the good land anymore. Because they lost to the Indiana Pacers. 128, 119. Good start by the Bucks in this game. Uh, you had Giannis crushing everything, but Indy sort of took the punches, rolled with them, and then went gave them the old one-two Costa Zoo on the way back. Uh, kicked their ass in that second quarter. It was like a 19-point turnaround. They're up 12 midway through the uh, second quarter, and they stayed there. It was 63-51 at the half. You had Giannis basically doing all the heavy lifting for the Bucks. Very little else. I think it was like Lopez had 12, but Dame was 2 of 10. Meanwhile, Halliburton was just absolutely asserting himself. He had, what, the 11.7 assist. Turner was everywhere, uh, and they were sort of just doing what they wanted. They were playing Pacers basketball in that second quarter. And then in the third quarter, the Bucks went, that's cute, let's play Bucks basketball. Bang! And dropped that 43-28 quarter and went massive. It was huge. It was like an 11-0 run. They got up one, and you're like, Jesus, what happened? The Pacers went ice cold. That's what happened. Turnovers everywhere. Dane was hitting threes, and it was on for young and old. Uh, the craziest part was the Bucks. like, this is the thing. There's two top three offenses in the NBA. Indiana and Milwaukee. You can see why. <laughs> the Bucks dropped 25 points in the first six minutes of the uh, third. It was insane. Uh, but the Pacers sort of clawed their way back. It wasn't like that much of a panic stations vibe. Uh, Bucks led by three heading into the fourth. And I think there was like that moment where in the third quarter, you had just sort of enough going on that the Pacers probably felt okay. Like, they weren't absolute panic stations. It's like, well, the the defense have been pretty good in the first half, and then it all obviously went to shit. But they had enough sort of buckets down the stretch of that third quarter. It was like Andrew Nemhard like, scored, like, a couple of buckets back-to-back uh, when they'd gotten down. It was, like, six points with about two and a bit minutes to go. And Nemhard just hit a couple of really tough shots, and Benny Mathurin was causing some havoc. Portis got a layup just before the... Uh, before the break and you're like, Oh shit, they're still back up six and Naismith nailed a three. That was fucking huge. Cause it can only kept them down three. And then we go absolutely hammer and tongs in the fourth quarter. Uh, the bench, the bench for the paces, like all of the focus, Halliburton's fucking incredible. Don't get me wrong, but the bench kept them in this game. Cause Benny Matherin hits like a massive bucket. Uh, you've got TJ McConnell, you've got Naismith just, all three of them were just causing all sorts of havoc. Havoc. It was like Matherin, McConnell, and Naismith go getting buckets. Boom. Paces lead after an 8-1 to run to start off the fourth. And you're like, oh, shit. Then it was back and forth, and it was awesome. This was fun as hell basketball. You had that massive big step back three from uh, Miles Turner at one point in that second half. And you're like, ah, oh, this is pretty fun. Um, but anyway, 
he had the sick alley oop from half court. Uh, that was just absolutely silly. It was very, very, very silly. You know? Oh, was that? No, that was Toppin, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the Toppin one. Miles Turner was out there causing havoc all game. But ain't no stopping Obi Toppin has that sick fucking half court uh, alley oop from Halliburton. Away they go. And then he has like a uh, pretty sick putback as well off a of Buddy Heald missed three that put them back up. So he'd sort of switched over the lead. I think they were down when they have the half court alley oop. Uh, Giannis hits a shot. Obi Toppin goes back, puts back a Buddy Heald miss. And then. Tyrese Halliburton does the same thing off a miss. And you're like, holy shit. Then they had two more putbacks after that. And you're like, oh, my God, they're staying in this because they're out-rebounding them. Bobby Portis had a bit of a point, it turns out. Because <laughs> it was just absolutely on for young and old. The Bucks then sort of, once they got down, I think it was like 10, yeah, it was like 106, 107. Uh, they got back up, like Giannis. Add the dunk. They got back up 106-105, and then they didn't lead again. It was just enough done by the Pacers just to keep them at arm's length. Turner hitting free throws down the stretch. They didn't let Dame go hammer and tongs and just cause sorts all sorts of havoc. Dame got to the line a couple of times, but you had those two putbacks where it was like 112-113 after Dame makes some free throws. You have the Turner putback, and you got the uh, Buddy Heald. Basically, the little tip shots to put back in, Made all the difference because then Halliburton hits the absolute fucking dagger three with 49 seconds left and the game is over. Put him up eight with 49 seconds left. They got a foul basically after a Middleton shot and uh, off they went. It was incredible. The paces are unreal. 128 they score against a Bucks team that, look, was good defensively, traded for Dame Lillard and is now getting 128 put on the head by the paces in a knockout game. So... Yeah, swings and roundabouts. The Bucks shot 44% from the floor, 12 and 33 from downtown. 12 turnovers is the key thing for me. It's like, oh, look after the ball a little bit more like Indy did with only nine turnovers, and it's a little bit of a different story. Giannis was incredible, 37-10 with two assists, two blocks. He shot 13 and 19 from the floor. Dame goes 24-7 and 7. Jim, that's pretty good. Yeah, but he shot 7 of 20. <laughs> it's not great. Four of nine from deep, though. Lopez, he goes three of ten from downtown. Seven to seventeen overall for his eighteen points. Middleton was pretty handy. He went four of five from three. He had twenty-seven and four. Uh, but it was like the likes of Beasley, and then what he had three and nine shooting for seven points in the bench. Thirteen points for Bobby Portis, Marjon Beauchamp, and uh, campaign. Bring the paint. Uh, not quite enough. And we literally talked about this the other day, right? Like, there's just like that one sort of thing that they're missing off that bench. And it sort of stinks, but I think the Bucks will be fine. They'll add to it. The Pacers only went 7-33 from downtown, 49% from the floor, though. Nine turnovers. They had 27-7-15 from Halliburton with zero turnovers. Guess what? He's going to pop up again later. 26-10 for Miles Turner with three blocks. He was unreal. 14-6 for ain't no stopping. OB topping and 10-3 and for Brown. The bench, though. The bench for the Pacers. This was huge. Isaiah Jackson was causing havoc. Naismith hit some big shots. Nemhard, as I mentioned, right at the end of that third quarter, was huge. And both Matherin and TJ McConnell had nine points. McConnell's causing all sorts of havoc. He's also out there getting pinged for travels that were bullshit. But the paces hold on. The bench steps up. That's, like, massive. Like, to get, what, 13 points out of the bench if you're the Bucks versus a paces team that had 18, literally just between fucking Matherin and uh, TJ McConnell, let alone Isaiah Jackson and Nemhar going for 19 between the two of them, and Naismith hitting for six points. Like, it's a big difference. And they trust that bench. They played 10 deep. The Bucks. Adrian Griffin's like, I've got eight dudes. This is shit. <laughs> what am I going to do? Play Thanasis? Anyway, so there you go. They get through. Awesome gear. Tyrese Halliburton is a fucking superstar. That was electric. I loved every second of it. He is awesome. And then the other game where the New Orleans Pelicans take on the Lakers. The Lakers! Won the game very handily. <laughs> 133-89. Uh, that is what we'd call a shit pumping because they got straight killed. So he got straight killed. They really did. Zion didn't do shit. Uh, Spindles Ingram couldn't buy a bucket. He had nine points on four of 13 shooting. 4 of 14 for CJ McCollum, 9 points as well. Look, when your star's not going to show up while the Lakers do, 
you're going to get fucking killed. And that's what happened. 30 points in 23 minutes for LeBron James. 4 of 4 from deep, including 3 straight there at the start of the third. Uh, start of the second quarter. And it was just like an absolute dick on the table moment of like, oh, yeah, you like that? Check this out. Bang! 30 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. He was awesome. 16, 15, and 5 for Anthony Davis. Didn't feel like he really dominated, but he was just sort of everywhere. 17 for Austin Reeves in the end with 7 assists and 5 rebounds. He made 3 6 from 3. Uh, D'Lo had 14 and 3 with 1 uh, one assist, 1 steal, and 4 turnovers. Like, D'Lo's out there trying to lose this game, but the Lakers wouldn't let him. Uh, he had 5 made 3s from Torrey and the Red Bull Prince as well. As a team, they end up shooting 17 of 35 from downtown. Again, I'm no math magician, but that's pretty bloody good. Meanwhile, they shoot 55% as a team. Uh, the Pelicans, 35. If you shoot 20% better than the other team, you're probably going to win it, and you hit 10 more threes than the other team. Guess what? You're cooked, mate. So the Lakers just fucked them up. They really did. That second quarter, they dropped 38 on their head, then a 43-17 to third quarter. This game was over. LeBron led by example. Zion, Spindles, and CJ all came up absolutely short. My name is Jonas Valanciunas. Did sweet dick all. He had nine and three. Uh, the bench didn't do much either. It was like Trey Murphy with a couple of threes. Najee Marshall hits one. Uh, Grand Theft Alvarado, two or three from downtown. And Dyson, the vacuum, Daniels is out there for four points in the uh, Australian player watch. Four points, eight rebounds, one block. Uh, one of five shooting, including 0 of two from downtown in 17 minutes. So, bit of a rough one, but the Lakers, they now move to 14 and 9, 10 and 2 uh, at home, which is an interesting sort of thing just to keep in mind as they sort of head into the uh, outside of the in season tournament. Playing this on a neutral venue was kind of fun. It felt like in the Lakers home game, uh, but the Pelicans then. Pelicans now 12 and 11. Uh, that's four straight. They've lost to the Lakers as well. Not much there for revenge for Spindles. Bit of revenge for Anthony Davis, though. So. Good stuff. All right, let's do some NBA Australia Awards. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. I don't know. Probably the bloke who's 400 million years old who had 35 and 8 in 23 minutes while shooting 9 or 12 from the floor and 4 or 4 from downtown. That's right, LeBron James going absolutely hammer and tongs in 2023. In a knockout game in Vegas on what ostensibly was meant to be, you know, a neutral floor. Uh, not bloody bad <laughs> for 35 and 8, shooting 9 of 12 and 4 of 4 from downtown in 23 minutes to kick the absolute living shit out of the Pelicans. Amazing gear. But on top of that, you've got to tip your hat to Tyrese Halliburton as well. Uh, Reese's pieces just goes absolutely nuts. So. That dagger three is the absolute epitome of that's not a knife. That's a fucking knife right there. 11 of 19 for Halliburton, 3 of 9 from downtown for his 27 points, 7 rebounds, 15 assists. 15 assists and 0 turnovers. What are we doing? That's incredible. God damn it, Tyrese Halliburton. Not bad, bro. Not bad. So there's a couple of NBA Australia pre performances in the night for you. Look, Giannis in the losing effort with a 37 and 10, it's like there's not too much more he could have done, you know? Maybe a couple more assists, maybe a little bit more driving, kicking, just finding dudes. But at the same time, when your bench manages 13 total points, you're kind of up against it, and especially when Malik Beasley turns back into Malik Beasley, a.k.a. Spud Beasley, and your uh, co- co-star, Dame, uh, is kind of like too busy... I don't know, having a bit of a sook about Tyrese Halliburton after the game, worrying about that rather than winning the fucking game, then you're up, you know, up against it, I reckon. Uh, what happens after uh, the old NBA Australia pre performance of the night? Oh, mate, that's Spud of the night, isn't it? Spud, 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 Spud of the night. A couple of spuds. We have Benny Mathurin go 3 of 12 from the floor uh, for the Pacers. 0 of 2 from downtown. He was still pretty handy, though. Like, every time he sort of gets the ball, he's looking to do something. I love that energy from Mathurin. It's like a little bit black hole-ish, but he sort of moves around. He does a bit of stuff. He was a plus 17 in 24 minutes. So it's hard to give him spud of the night when he's gone for a 9-6-1 and one with a block. Uh how about for the Buckaroos, though? Campaign, bringing the pain. A minus 18 in 16 minutes, two of nine shooting. Uh, that bench, as mentioned, 
Only managed the 13 points. They didn't shoot too badly outside of pain. Marjan Beauchamp goes 2 of 3 and 2 of 5 for Bobby Portis. But really, if you're going to start pointing fingers, and you probably ought to, it's Dame Lillard in basically the biggest game as a buck for him, going for 24-7-7. and Jim, that's not bad. Yeah, but the 7 of 20 shooting. 4 of 9 from 3. He had a moment where he was heating up. The fact that he didn't quite help get them over the hump was brutal, but really, you can't throw Dame too much under the bus, 7 of 20. When? You've got the entire New Orleans Pelicans, basically, outside of Zion, uh, who was a minus 33 in 26 minutes. He had 13, 2 and 3, but shot 6 of 8. Spindles Ingram, 4 of 13. CJ McCollum, 4 of 14. Herb Jones, 4 of 10. 5 of 13 for Trey Murphy. 2 of 8 for Jordan Hawkins. Brutal gear up and down the roster. And, of course, Dyson Daniels, the vacuum, and he's 1 of 5. Just a brutal shit show from the Pelicans. Talk about a team that wasn't ready for the fucking primetime players. Jeez, if Zion and fucking Spindles had spent less time laughing about what they were going to do with the 500 grand, did I actually bring that up on yesterday's show? I had a big spiel about that. Did I even talk about it? They were laughing. I don't think I did. Yeah, so they were asked, hey, what are you going to do? You guys don't mind a celebration. What are you going to do with the prize money? How are you going to celebrate? And all they did was just fucking laugh. It's like, oh, God. Some poor stripper's going to get fucking pregnant. (laughs) Zion's going to have another fucking paternity suit on his hands. And Spindles Ingram's deal is just like, yes, mate. Give him the 500K. But I'll tell you what, the strippers in the Las Vegas general area would have been roughly a million dollars richer if Zion and Spindles had been uh, the winners here. But either way, there you go. Uh, But I would very much like to thank your man, our man, everybody's favorite bloke, Buddy Heald. Why is that, Jim? He went 0 of 6 from downtown. Is that a bit of spud of the night? Well, what did he shoot overall? Right, buddy, he'll go 3 of 11 from the floor, you little ripper. All right, who's old mate, no mates, though? Old mate, no mates. 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 Tyrese Halliburton, if you listen to Dame Lillard, this was a bit of fucking extracurricular whinging that I didn't mind. Uh, Halliburton tapping his wrist going, I know what time it is. It's my time, not Dame time, motherfuckers. Uh motherfuckers added by me. Tyrese Halliburton is like, yeah, I was more like, you know, it's our time. It's our time. Let's go. Uh, Dame Lillard then had a fucking whinge about this post-game. Hey, man, for as many times as I've done it to people, look, I didn't mind it. That's it's fine, you know. But, you know, when you're having your moment, moments, be humble and be careful because you never know how the tables turn and when they're going to turn. What the? What? Dame, settle the fuck down. You can't be like, hey, Tyrese, Keep your fucking head on your shoulders. All you've ever done is go, yeah, motherfucker, check out the size of my nuts. Tyrus Halliburton goes, yep, going to steal your celebration. Blow it out your ass again. Fucking yes, it's my time because we're beating your ass. I don't know, Dame. Fucking win the game, then have a sook. Don't lose and then go, oh, yeah, look, oh, yeah, I didn't mind it. It's fine. But then proceeds to explain why he did mind it. Fucking pull your head in, Dame Lillard. What the shit is that about? Fucking, I have all sorts of respect for Damian Lillard. That one is a bit on the fucking nose. Who copped a pantsing in the night? Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fat, fat. Ooh, That's right, Miles Turner yammed on Giannis. That was a bit of a Greek spanakotopkata. Fucking <laughs> words in spanakotopkata. Jesus. Ah, uh, a bit of Greek. Uh, absolutely crammed him, too. Yeesh. Uh, but then, I love, look, it's like a full team panting with Obi Toppin with that half-court alley-oop from uh, your man Halliburton. Though. That is just an all-team panting, that one, which is pretty funny to see. But great job by Halliburton and Miles Turner and Ain't No Stopping Obi Toppin because they pants the Milwaukee Bucks. And the way that the Lakers literally just went, 
Hey, uh, Pelicans, what you're doing is cute this first quarter. Is a 38-year-old LeBron James, soon to be 39. He's going to drop three threes on your head, and you're never going to get fucking close again. <laughs> That's a fucking pantsuit. Like the Pelicans like, we're young, we're athletic. I'm like, based on what? All right. LeBron's like 30 fucking 90. He's like, check this out. 35 and 8, you dick edge. Bang. That's a pantsuit. Who was better than Lonzo Ball? <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think he don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. How about a bit of Andrew Nemhard? That's right. The, uh, I don't know, backup point guard, other backup point guard because you got TJ McConnell. Uh, Nemhard goes for eight points, two assists, a steal, and a block in only 14 minutes. Four or five from the floor, though. Changed the complexion of that game. Uh, he and Naismith and McConnell and Matherin, as I mentioned, just really stuck it to the Bucks. And you're like, geez, this is the difference in this game. And that's what happens. So uh, Nemhard, for me, better than Lonzo Ball. Also, Austin Reeves. Like, in terms of point guards for the Los Angeles Lakers, D'Lo is out there trying to fucking completely sabotage that game, seemingly, with those four turnovers. Uh, but Austin Reeves, 17 points in 23 minutes, five rebounds, seven assists, and a steal. He was bloody good. Three, six from three. Very nice and better than Lonzo Ball. Uh, the magic tweet of the day. Oh, you know you're waiting for this one. Ah, <laughs> uh, Irvin, Irvin, Irvin. Thank you, Irvin. The Lakers shot the three well tonight, led by Taurean Prince's five three-pointers and LeBron going four or four from deep. In only three quarters, LeBron scored 30 points, eight assists, and five rebounds, and had the Lakers up by 30 points. Another dominant performance by LeBron James tonight. This is the first time in his career scoring 30 points in 25 minutes. (laughs) I love box score breakdowns from Irvin Magic Johnson. What do we say? Thanks, Magic. All right, and finally, dickhead of the week. Dickhead of the week. Uh, it's probably Dame. Like, that is such a weird fucking sour note to go out on for the Bucks. Oh, yeah, look up. Be humble when you're winning. It's like, there's no one more fucking humble than Tyrese Halliburton. All he's done this year is kick ass, take names, and be chill as fuck. What are you talking about, Dame? Be humble. He tapped his wrist once, you fucking giant sook. Pull your fucking head in, get it out of your ass, and fucking just, I don't know, go, not a bad job by the young fella. He kicked our fucking ass from here to Vegas. Boom. Jesus, Dame. I don't want to yell about Dame Lily. I fucking love Dame Lily, but that was weird and very dickheady. All right, let's do some ENRs after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Elliot. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do it. Yeah, now it's brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Steam up. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Listen to the man. Get your merch, get your merch. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Or just click through on the socials. Very nice pictures everywhere. Stubby holders are back in stock. And if you buy something, I'll throw in a couple of the other promo stubby holders as well. Uh, so go check it out. Get a hoodie, get a t-shirt. The good thing is I literally just got back from the vet. Uh, with Larry, the dog, and uh, you might remember he's got the diabetes. Uh, but really good news. Like, his fucking glucose is back, chill as shit. They did the blood test. It's looking fucking great. Uh, he had dropped a bit of weight, but now he's sort of put, like, a tiny little bit of it back on. Uh, but, yeah, so the dog is doing okay, So, which is good. But every fucking time you walk in there, that one cost me 280 bucks. <laughs> It's like, Jesus, walk in the fucking door and it's like $300 just goes flying out of your pocket. Anyway, nah, they're great there at the vet though. They fucking love him. Yeah, because he's paying their wage. Ah, <laughs> Dan Josh has sent through a couple yesterday. I saved one for today and then he chucked in another one today as well. Um, as he sent me another very nice message about the thousand. 
And again, look, thanks to everybody who like who messaged me and hit me up about the ENRs, all the comments and everything. It's been fucking awesome. I love it. You guys rule. Uh, and look, I will try to get more interviews on the show. It's just literally a case, as I've sort of pointed out before, like the time and effort that goes into organizing it, uh, when you're doing a daily show already, when it's just me, it's a bit fucking hard. So, But we do have some more resources that I'm using now, obviously with Stats Guy and stuff like that through work. So, you know, hopefully we'll be able to spare a bit more time and get some more interviews on. That'd be fun. Right, Dan Drusher, the standings won't really change much. Minor shuffles of seeding, but the East is set and the West is pretty much two. Maybe the Warriors push out the Rockets eventually. Yeah, nah. Now, this is an interesting one because I think I sort of hit on in weekend winners and losers uh, the start of this week where OKC, Orlando, like the sort of big surprise teams that are at the top of the... uh, standings and obviously Minnesota sitting on top of the West. I still think it'll change pretty dramatically. Like we're literally what a quarter of the season through we're 20 games in for most teams. Right? So I think the East feels much more set than the West. Cause you've got Boston, Milwaukee at the top. Uh, then you've got Orlando where it feels like they're with Suggs going down with an ankle injury um, with their lack of point guard play. I think a lot of the time uh, I think their variability for the Magic, even though their defense has been pretty good, it's sort of slowed down the last couple of games, and you're sort of seeing a couple of cracks uh, emerge. They are still really good, because you've got Franz Wagner, hello, and Paolo Banquero. But with that sort of lack of, like, if Suggs is missing much time, the lack of sort of faults, uh, Anthony Black still being really young, if they could somehow finagle, like, a half-decent point guard, you feel like they're the ones who would stay where they are. But I think without that point guard, the variability in their sort of highs and lows, like the ceiling is obviously very high because their defense can really kick in. But offensively, they can also sort of hit some uh, pretty rough patches, I reckon. So bit of a weird one. I think Orlando might be one of the ones that sort of slips down a hint. But the East is very sort of... uh, it's very, you know, that creamy middle, as I tend to talk about, because you've already got three teams already on just on seven uh, losses, which is the Bucks, the Magic, and the Sixers, and then you've got the Pacers and Knicks, the Heat and the Cavs, and the Nets, all on eight or nine losses. So it's already, like, it feels like those will shuffle just a little bit, but it feels like no one's going to really drop out. The fascinating part for me is at the bottom of the East play-in, right, where you've got the Bulls, trying to prove that they're actually decent when they actually very clearly suck. Uh, You've got the Raptors, who probably should blow it up, but they will try, if they're going to stick with this team, to push into that top 10. It does feel like after that, though, it's just, yeah, chaos. Because the Nets could always have a lull. Uh, The Cavs are really good, probably should push back up into the top six. The Pacers, I'm going to get to them in a second. Like, they're fucking flying, clearly. It feels like Orlando could drop a hint. The Knicks... The Heat, the Cavs, the Nets, the Hawks, though, feel pretty right. Whereas the West, yeah, look, that's fucking up for grabs right now. And the Wolves, it's 16-4. and four, It's just silly. They're 10-1 and one at home, 6-3 and three away. And this is with Ant-Man sort of carrying an injury at the moment. So they're kicking ass. They're awesome. They've got a great point differential, a really good defense, obviously, i.e. basically the best in the league. It is now the best in the league after the Knicks got their asses kicked the other day. So... Very, very cool. Very, very nice. Can they keep it up? It sort of all depends on like if Ant-Man stays healthy, uh, if they all stay healthy, the two bigs. Um, but I feel like you could probably see them maybe slip down. Maybe OKC just drop a couple here and there as well. I've already talked about the giddy worries and how he's not been very good, basically, as you'd, ex- <laughs> as you'd probably expect <laughs> over the last week and a half uh, with all the allegations flying around with that fucking horrible mess. But I do sort of feel like Denver, the Lakers, the Kings, and especially the Suns, like once they get Beal back, should probably push up into that top four or five. Dallas, that defense is still a big problem, but we saw it the other day, right? They can absolutely dismantle the team. The Warriors slipping in for Houston. I wasn't really high on the Warriors coming into the season. They're 10 and 11. Uh, they're 5 and 6 at home. That's the big worry for me. The Warriors are just a bit wobbly, and they probably should continue to be so because Wiggins is just a bit off. Draymond is just as likely to punch a fucking teammate, kick someone in the nuts, or like start a fight with a ref 
as a you know play a full season without any problems from here on out, right? But their defense is giving up 114 points a game. They're only scoring 114.6. So they'll probably have a little bit of a run, but there's not much more that Steph can do, right? Like maybe Clay sort of gets his legs back under him. Maybe they sneak back up. Uh, the Clippers have sort of solidified. Um, they're now 10 and 10. It does feel like that Rockets, Warriors, Pelicans, Clippers group is the one to keep an eye on, though. Other than that, like Memphis will get Jar back, but it's just they're so far behind. It's six and fourteen, then it's pretty tough. But you, I think Dan's kind of right. Like the top tens aren't going to change too much. It feels like there's eleven teams in both conferences that are like vying for those ten spots, and it might just sort of shuffle around. Uh, he also asked, "Yeah, now nah, can we give Halliburton's dad the season twenty? in-season tournament MVP. The joy he has watching his son is as good as it gets. Yeah, nah, yes. I fucking love this. Tyrese Halliburton seemed like such a good dude. And then you've got his dad, and you're like, it makes sense. He's just good people. (laughs) So he should get the MVP. I love it. Um, Can the Pacers win this in-season tournament? Yeah, nah, yeah, they can. As I've pointed out, and as I'm about to point out again, it's the best offense in the fucking league. They can outscore anybody on their day. Like, it's incredible. They could ring up 150 on you, you wouldn't fucking blink. It doesn't matter what your defense is. Like, we saw the Knicks go into their game against the Bucks, like, with what? Basically, the best defense in the league and give up 146. Like, we've seen offenses trump defenses so far this season. Like, even the Pelicans have been really good defensively and gave up 133 today. Like, the Pelicans are now, because of that, are giving up 114 points a game and only scoring 113. It's pretty weird. It's a bit of a tough one, but. Yeah, the Pacers can win it, of course. The next question is, though, does it matter? Yeah, nah, yes! It fucking matters if you win the inaugural NBA Cup. It'll certainly matter for the Lakers. Of course, if it doesn't, the Lakers will be like, oh, it does. it's just the in-season Cup. Anyway, it doesn't actually matter. It's like, well, LeBron not winning another thing is pretty impressive, actually. Uh, but the Pacers could easily win it. Spoiler alert, I can't think the Lakers will, but anyway. Unpopular opinion of the day, though. Sticking on this uh, Pacers theme... I'm all for pumping yourself up, right? It's like, yeah, man, we're fucking here. We're in the final. We're the Indiana Pacers. This is rad. But laying it on a bit fucking thick, don't you think, right? The, oh, us against the world, man. No one expected us to be here. They all wrote us off. Who? Who did? Nobody. That's the who? Fucking hell. Everybody's like, the Pacers are fun as shit. They're the best offense in the league. Who didn't believe that you could make it? I literally picked them yesterday. We're shocking the world right now. No, you're not. You've, you're literally scoring more than everybody else. How is that shocking the league? Shocking the world. Nobody expected us to be here except for the guys in this locker room, so it feels good. I love it. That's right. I love a good straw man argument, but come on. <laughs> Nobody believed in us. Well, you're scoring 128.4 points a game. At some point, we're going to believe that you're not fucking bad. <laughs> we're shocking the world right now. Nobody expected us to be here except for the guys in the locker room. Keep that dream alive, Indiana. I love it. I love it, but that's also just like a bit on the nose. Like You're scoring almost 130 points a game. It doesn't come as a giant shock to everybody that you made it to the in-season tournament final. <laughs> Speaking of which, however, how about a bit of an Outback Takehouse? It's Friday at Outback. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. Four for one oil drum cans full of icy cold Foster's Lager. That's right. We sell it here at Outback. No one's entirely sure why because, I mean, it's meant to be Australian for beer, but all Aussies know that it's actually Australian for horse piss and no prick could be fucking seen dead drinking it. So lap it up, you idiot yanks, only at Outback. And today's Flame Girl take is, if Paul George truly wants to win a title, he should give up his player option at the end of this season, become a free agent, and go sign with Indiana. Only at Outback. He's coming home. He's coming home. That's right, Paul George. If you want to win a title, go back to where it all started, team up with Halliburton, Bang! Away you go. Piss off Kawaii. And fucking busted ass. Fat man hoop! Ellie Clan! James Harden and co. Go back to where it all started. 
It would be fucking hilarious if Paul George went back to Indy, maybe just demand a trade mid-season, go, I want to go to fucking Indy right now, and then he finally got a bit of revenge and beat LeBron in the finals. He's like, this is for the co-ops of Roy Hibbert. This is for David West. (laughs) Oh, this is for Lance Stevenson and those Pacers teams. I finally got you. Do it now. Ask for it tomorrow, Paul George. Just go, fuck it. I want to play in this uh, NBA Cup final. Trade me today. I'll jump on a plane. Let's get it through. That would be the fucking biggest dick on the table moment. He's like, yeah, can I go play for Indy? Trade me. Trade me right now. Indy be like, fucking, all right, actually, here's some draft picks, LA. I know that that's what you need. Here's, I don't know, a couple of fucking things. Let's go. Bang, off you go. Take Buddy Healed. Off you go. Check that out. Here's some picks. Bang. Paul George joins the Pacers before the final. He suits up. LeBron's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Let's fucking go. I love that. Uh, but that was the big thing today. It's like, oh, yeah. So Tyrese Halliburton is telling the NBA, come fucking play with me in Indy, man. And everyone's like, yeah, all right. Sure. Have you been to Indy? It's not much there. Zion will be like, <laughs> no. Nope. Spindles Ingram's like, man, I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> All right. Quick break. Back with Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Australian Player Watch. Very easy. As I mentioned earlier, it was just Dyson, the vacuum. Daniel's in action today. 17 minutes, one of five from the floor. Oh, of two from three. Two or two at the line, so he ends up with four points, one block, eight rebounds, zero assists. Uh, he was a plus two in 17 minutes. Uh, he was playing a little bit of garbage time, though, at the death, though. So, a bit of a rough one. Uh, otherwise, let's do a bit of an Andrew Gaze Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Shall we? I think we shall. Andrew Gaze Grey Mumber! Clap it up, because Tyrese Halliburton, uh, this is basically an extension of uh, the NBA Australia pre-performance of the night, because Halliburton, in his last two games, he's played Boston and he's played Milwaukee in the end-season tournament. He has 53 points, 28 assists, and zero turnovers. That is fucking ridiculous. He now has as many 20-point, 10-assist, zero-turnover games this season as the entire rest of the NBA combined. He's got four, and that's the rest of it. The only other players to have a 2010 and 0 turnover game this season are Maxi and Joker. So, not bloody bad. And then, of course, the big one. The LeBron James stat, which was just a bit ridiculous, wasn't it? First player in NBA history to have 30-plus points, 5-plus rebounds, and 5-plus assists in 23 minutes or less. The bloke's 38! He's about to turn 39! That's just... What are we doing? He was meant to be dead now. <laughs> it's brutal. Amazing. All right, Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. It's actually the Jock Landale uh, Instagram check-in today because he uh, does have a new post. Does Rock'em Sock'em Block'em Jock'em Lander. Uh, out there wearing the stripy Emmy Paris top. Not bad. And then sitting in his Rockets Praco jerseys. Uh, so with the emoji... Suit and tie emoji, I guess. Uniform. Checks out. Good job. Right. Let's do a big weekend preview. Weekend preview. Weekend preview. Thanks, Inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jim. How's it all going? Yeah, not bloody bad. The thousandth episode was awesome. Uh, the tins after with the family were fucking awesome too. Because um, I think I've now done that for all like the sort of big landmark shows since Squid Number 1 came around. Uh, just lob over the pub after like yeah the big sort of hundies and now the thousand like the four of us all sat there squid number one squid number two squid number two was off his fucking head he's like I don't want to eat fucking anything it's like actually give me all the chips <laughs> you're like alright buddy the Korean cauliflower though was fucking unreal Jesus nice piece of barra um, but otherwise 
So we nailed the two picks today. We picked Indy plus four and a half and the Lakers minus one and a half. Bang. Uh, that's pretty good. Somehow I managed to lose money today. But anyway. Uh, tomorrow, though, we have a huge Saturday slate ahead of Sunday's uh, in-season tournament final. I believe we've got 13 games tomorrow. So we've got, yeah, four, eight, 13. Jesus. Uh, Toronto at Charlotte. Minus four and a half are the Raptors. Now, I talked out the Raptors pretty hardcore yesterday. I do think they're still a little bit too good for Charlotte. But you just can't trust this Toronto team, can you? I might have to go Charlotte at home, plus four and a half. Because even if they lose and Toronto pull this one out, it's probably close. I mean, with Charlotte, you've got PJ Hamilton, Washington. You've got Rose. Uh, you've got a lot of perimeter threats. It should be a pretty interesting game, but I'll take the plus four and a half for Charlotte at home. Orlando hosts the Detroit Basketball Pistons, who don't have Jalen Durant and the uh, Magic are 11.5 point favorites at home. That's a big number, but I don't think it matters because Detroit really fucking struggled to score at the best of times, and Orlando should run rampant in this one. So I'll take Orlando minus 8.5. There's actually a couple of other big lines here. So Atlanta plus 8.5 at Philly. Philly have done a really good job this season, I think, of covering pretty big-ish sort of lines. Uh, they've sort of just done well in general, I think, against the line to the point where if I look at this properly, I believe they've actually won 16 of 17 against teams with a losing record have the uh, sixes. And that's where uh, the Atlanta Hawks are at the moment at 9-11. Uh, but against the line, the sixes are 13 and 7 this season and they're 7-3 at home. So... Eight and a half against Atlanta. We know, we know that Joel Embiid loves kicking the shit out of the uh, Hawks. They won this game by 10 last time they played back in mid-November. I think they can probably do that again. So give me the minus eight and a half of Philly against the Hawks. I think the one pause I would have about that is that Tobias Harris has been playing like dog shit of late. Uh, but their size on the perimeter should be still too much for Atlanta. And Embiid in the middle, he just dropped fucking 50 the other day. Like, what are we doing? I'll take Philly minus eight and a half. Uh, Washington go to Brooklyn. Washington plus eight and a half. I'm going to take the Wizards to just stick with Brooklyn because, I mean, we've seen Brooklyn defensively fall off a cliff here and there. Washington are horrible defensively as well, but they can score. So I'll take the plus eight and a half. Brooklyn Brooklyn could easily win this, but it'll be a classic sort of eight-point win, and that means we've got Washington covering. So between Kuzma, between Poole and Co., I think they'll stick with Brooklyn a little bit, and I'll take the eight and a half. The New York Knickerbockers of New York City go to Boston. How good is this game tomorrow? Fucking love it, mate. This is what happens when uh, your teams get knocked out of the in-season tournament. These are the makeup games. So it means that uh, I think the Knicks have to play them a couple of extra times this year. Uh, you might remember the start of the season. Uh, the Celtics won that one by four. Awesome game. And they kicked the shit out of the Knicks by 16. Uh, again in mid-November. So the thing is... The Knicks are eight and a half point underdogs here. This is up in Boston. The eight and a half just feels a oh no six and a half. Oh uh, yeah, now I might actually go Boston. That's changed. <laughs> I'm taking Boston minus six and a half. Yeah, the Knicks haven't covered the line in five of the last six against teams that were uh, had a winning record. Celts have won nine straight home games. So yeah, let's go Boston minus six and a half there. Cleveland. Against Miami. Miami are at home, plus one and a half. The Cavs should have enough size to really grind down this pretty small Miami team uh, without Bam. That's sort of like the big question for me. If Bam plays, I will take... Uh, yeah, if Bam would be playing. He's still listed as out. I might take the Cavs. Cavs minus one and a half. Ugh, I just don't like it. Miami plus one and a half. Fuck it. They're a tougher team. Cleveland are just weird. And you know that Miami's going to bring the defensive pressure and just make them work their asses off. Golden State go to OKC. OKC minus four and a half. The way that the Thunder are playing at the moment, it feels pretty hard to trust them. But they do have a lot of size, especially on the perimeter. They might be able to uh, stick it to the Warriors. They have before. We know that SGA versus Steph, that turned into a bit of a uh, hilarious hilarious, like, passing the torch moment that I banged on about where he blocked a Steph three and then just took it up the other way and just laid it in for two. And it's like, oof. It's a bit on the nose, but 
The Thunder beat them 131-23 um, and also beat them 128-109 earlier this year. So I'm going to go stick with OKC minus 4.5. They just match up pretty well with the Warriors. Even though Cumbucket has been playing pretty well, I still like OKC. Minnesota go to Memphis. Memphis is 6.5 point underdogs at home. But the way Minnesota have been playing, I'm going to take Minnesota on the road minus 4.5. They're just too big, especially against a Memphis team that's you know Triple J and very little else in terms of size. Minnesota should cover that six and a half pretty handily. San Antonio hosting Chicago. I actually don't mind a bit of San Antonio in this one. Plus two and a half at home. They're on a massive losing streak out of the San Antonio Bandera Spares. They're 13 and 17. They've lost 15 on the trot. You've got Wimby versus Vooch. You've got Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine saying, nah, I'm really happy with Chicago as long as I'm wearing this fucking top. AKA, if I get traded, I don't give a shit. Uh, I'll take San Antonio plus two and a half. I just think at home, Chicago, look, they've won three in a row. Feels very smoke and mirrorsy. San Antonio plus two and a half. Give me that. Denver hosts Houston. You've got Joker versus Joker from Wish in Shangoon. The Nuggets are somehow seven and a half point favorites against the Rockets, who have been pretty good. But remember, the Rockets are absolute dog shit on the road. They are, in fact, 0-8 on the road. That is bad. <laughs> it's really bad. And against the spread, against the line on the road as well, uh, the Rockets are 3-4-1. Denver at home are 5-3-1 against the line this season at home. So I'm going to take Denver minus 7.5. They had a rocky start to the Jam and Jamal Murray return action where they lost to the Clippers the other day. But I think at home they should be fine. So give me Denver. Hosting Houston, minus 7.5. Sacramento, go to Phoenix. This game should be an absolute ripper as well. The Kings up against the uh, Phoenix Suns. You've got Booker. No Beal, obviously, for a little bit. He's still ramping up. Um, These two teams haven't played this season. Phoenix just lost to the uh, Lakers the other day in that dog-by-the-ref call. The Kings obviously lost to the uh, Pelicans. I don't mind the Kings on the road. They're 5-4-1 against the spread, against the line. Uh, Suns 4-6 and six against the line at home. It's only one and a half point line, which is a bit weird. So I'll probably take Sacramento. I like the Suvlaki King up against Nurk. I like basically the idea of De'Aaron Fox and the speed and length of this Kings team against the Suns. So let's go Kings. Clippers minus six and a half against Utah. Utah are playing like shit at the moment. So give me the Clippers. They should be too good even on the road. And Dallas go to Portland. Portland to seven and a half point underdogs at home, but we just saw Dallas blow the absolute fucking doors off Utah the other day. So I don't mind Dallas to uh, kick the fuck out of another bad team. So yeah, they won by 50. Luke has got that new dad strength. Portland played pretty tough against the Warriors the other day, but still, I just don't think they can quite keep up with this Dallas team if they're firing on all cylinders. And then of course, the big one, the in-season tournament. Final, the championship game. The Indiana Pacers are two and a half point. No, it's now three and a half. Three and a half point underdogs to the Los Angeles Lakers of Los Angeles, California. I think there is no way that Adam Silver allows the Lakers to lose this game. I also think that the Pacers won't give a fuck. I'm going to go the Pacers plus three and a half. If they lose, it's a heartbreaking close one. The Pacers can score on anybody. We've seen that time and time again. They've just put the sword to fucking Boston, Milwaukee. Their defense has just done enough. If they can just do enough again against the Lakers, I like the Pacers. I just like them. They might be the team of destiny in this tournament. Let's go. We're going, Indiana. Plus three and a half. Talk your shit. Now walk your shit. Come on. Let's go, Pacers. I'm excited. I'm big Kev over here. Uh, And weirdly enough, there's no games on Monday. So, yeah. All NFL, I guess, all the time. You'll have to listen to NFL Australia, listen to all the uh, picks that Gaz and I had for this. So, you'll be fine. But there you go. That's it then. In-season tournament comes to a conclusion on Sunday. Should be an absolute rip back and schnort at 12.30. Our time over here. That should be great. Uh, Also awesome because that's the squid's birthday day, so... I think we start it just after that game should finish. (laughs) Love it. All right. But we'll be back on deck on Monday to wrap up that game for you and that huge Saturday slate. So keep 
keep an eye out for that. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IG. We're all over the socials. Thanks again for everybody in the kind words for the thousand episodes of NBA Australia under the belt. Um, I really do appreciate you guys all fucking rule. Uh, check out NFL Australia, though. Give that a subscribe and a like and a follow and all that sort of gear. Myself and Gaz talking about NFL. And, of course, Cricket Today podcast. If you're into your BBL, uh, we've got the Cricket Boys doing that every day. Just a quick, short little podcast every morning to catch you up on all things cricket. Uh, that's with Stats Guy. You've heard him on this one. Our man Marcus and our man Leo. Go check that out. Cricket Today podcast. It's really good. They're doing a great job. I'm going to pop up on it here and there. Uh, but, yeah, check it out. Also, get around nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. And I'll chuck in a free stubby holder or two. Go buy a hoodie. Come on. T-shirt. I'm wearing a T-shirt right now. They're fucking beautiful. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you're using on the Android phone. It really does help. Come on. Uh, but big thanks always go to From Ozo for the intro and outro song. And to House Hats, Joshua Delarentis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Section, <laughs> Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia support Australian bands. We have from the very start. That's what we do here. We love them. Uh, and we'll close out with a Cooking with Bainesy classic for you because I've got to run off, sort out the squids. But thanks again for all the kind words. I wouldn't fucking do it if anyone... Well, I might just do it even if no one was listening because that's how it all started. But I love your guts. Here's to a thousand more. Thanks for a great week, you legends. I love yous all. We will catch you on Monday. Have a good weekend. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, g'day. Oh, g'day. Oh, look at yourself. Yes, g'day, Cheryl. I always see you down the front. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, come on. Set. Yeah, settle down. Thanks very much. Yes. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy. I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And uh, look, on this here episode, we are going to whip up one of my all-time absolute Aussie favorites. It's going to blow your mind. You can have it whenever. It's an absolute bloody treat. It is the classic party pie. Yeah, that's right. We're going to cook up some party pies for you on this episode of Cooking with Bainsy. Now, I love me some party pies. They're easy as, mate. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I reckon I probably put away about 40 of these buggers per week, eh? Easy, easy, easy. All right, so, so, so. All right, you ready? So it's bloody simple, mate. Yes, all you got to do is go down to your local soupy and just grab a box of party pies of whatever takes your fancy. Because look, now, I like the round ones and you can get a pack of 24 of patties, but I do also like the 4 and 20 party pies, which come in those rectangles. They're a bit easier to eat because you can just grab the end and you're not going to burn your tongue. So whatever you prefer, just don't fuck around with the party packs. The sausage rolls are absolutely bloody rubbish. So, now, it's bloody simple. Just uh, preheat your oven to 250 degrees or as hot as you bloody well want. Dump all 24 of your party pies. Don't screw around and only do 12 or half of them or whatever. Put all 24 out there because you're going to eat all of them. Trust me, you're going to eat all of them. When she's all heated up, your oven, put your tray in there. Just, I don't know, look at the back of the package. See that it says 30 minutes. Now, go crack a tin. Sit back. Hang out. Once they're done, grab them out. Load them up with a bit of tomato sauce. And Bob's your bloody uncle. That is awesome, isn't it? Just look at it now. Look, 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 look. This is very important. Give them a second to cool down. You probably have to only bite like the edge of one of them to open it up just to see how hot it is. Because otherwise, you'll burn your bloody tongue because the insides of these buggers 
I like bloody molten lava, eh? So grab yourself another tin. Uh, wait for them to cool down just a little bit so they're not bloody molten lava. Then get your bloody munch on. Oh, oh there you go. Look, oh, oh, look at this one. That's an absolute bloody ripper. The best bit is these are as good as anything for any occasion. You got mates coming around, party pies. Misses with some of her mates, party pies. Kids' birthday, party pies. Getting home shit-faced after a night out of the Terps, party pies. Easy. They're just bloody delicious, mate. All right, look, I'm just going to munch in this. I'll probably cook up enough of them for all of you. Look at this. Here we go. Oh, how easy is that? Love it. All right, so get into the party pies. And that's it for this week. How easy. All right, tune in next week for a new recipe. And we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.